updates on funk. My name's Ian Grant. I'm Stuart Knight. And uh, here we are. We made it to double figures, Stuart. Double figures, eh? I feel like we've really come of age. Ten episodes. It's a decade. Well, that's that's some sort of thing around ten, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. a decade. A decade. A decade of yeah. not punk. Who would have thought it, right? And uh, you know, in traditional uh, <coughs> not punk form, I'm afraid to say we have to start with another death. Oh, okay. Well, well why well, break not, with why well, break with tradition? But it's not a death that happened this year. No, I think I know what you're going to say. Was it? Is it an anniversary? It's the anniversary of somebody who killed himself, who became a member of the Twenty Seven Club. You're Kurt Cobain, then. Yeah, yeah. For those of you, you know, the Twenty Seven Club is the most uh, common age for rock stars to die, um, and there's plenty of members of that Twenty Seven Club. Sid Vicious being one. Yeah, Sid Vicious being one, and Amy Winehouse being another. Janis Joplin. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Jimi so, Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, Jim yeah. Morrison. Sure, keep going, keep going. Uh, You're doing well. 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 The, the Twenty Seven Club. Yeah. So yeah, we thought we'd uh, we thought we'd start with a you know sort of. Uh, it, it's really you know when you look at icons of music, you know, and certainly what what got us into music, you know, like people like like John Lydon. In latter day life, Kurt Cobain was to me just one of those icons of music. You know, you could. Uh, you couldn't fault his passion for his art. I think you've got to admit that he was pretty punk. I mean, he was influenced by punk bands and drew reference from them all the time. And Nirvana were pretty much a punk band, really. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so a punk band, you know. And, uh, you know, came from a small town in the, uh, just outside Seattle and uh, got picked up by Sub Pop. Yeah. Wearing a T-shirt tonight. Um, yeah. You know, and... Uh, and the rest is history, as you say. Mm. Unfortunately, the Foo Fighters ended up a bit like status quo. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah let's not go, no, go there. I mean, but even though they've got, you know, Pat Smears in them, in, in the Foo Fighters, they're just, they're just like a, a naughty's version of status quo. Yeah, I'm not, they're not really my cup of tea. But, oh. um, but uh, so, yeah, sad, the old Nirvana thing. I can remember where I was when I heard about Kirk Bain's death. I was actually touring with a band in Detroit. Right. I was on. We were just setting up, and a couple of the guys came in and said, "Oh, Kurt Cobain's killed himself." And one of them was laughing, and and I remember that really sort of split the the group of people I was with. Some were, you know, genuinely a bit pissed off about it. And oh no, it, it definitely had a massive impact. On yeah. Me. Um, you know, and at the time, it was you know the music they were doing was just really yeah. resonated with where I was musically, and uh, yeah, oh, I loved it. And, um, I saw know. him a few times. I saw him on tour with, on that Sub Pop tour, talking to Sub Pop with Tad and Mudhoney. Yeah, yeah. And my mate Nick was promoting punk gigs up in Leeds and and put that on there. And I was I did I worked on a gig in Nottingham. And then I also saw a tour. Sorry about all the noise, by the way. Yeah, yeah. To, I don't know what's going on. Then, yeah, just in our expensive studios, our Swish London studios. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in yeah, in great. The West End. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, we're not we're not in the West End anymore. We're no, we're in the East End. Yeah, we're in Shoreditch now. They are in Shoreditch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm just going to nip out for a yak milk macchiato <laughs> on my penny farthing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, okay, well we've talked about Anna and the death of Kurt Cobain. Fifth of April, 1994. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Blimey, that's gone fast, isn't it? That's exactly when it was. Fifth of April, 1994, and uh, you know. Just 
I thought it would just take a, a minute to mention. Mm. Also in 1980 was the shooting of one of the most famous people in the world. Oh really? Yeah. Well, it short. Oh, that's right, by Mark Chapman. By on the Mark steps Chapman. of the D Dakota building that's in New right, York. Yeah. yeah, by Mark Chapman. Did he get out? Is he on parole? No, he's not out. No, no. No, he should never get out. Definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. And um, I also must apologise to the listeners. We've been away for quite a while. I mean, we've missed quite a lot of events that have gone on. Well, I have to hold my hand up to the <laughs> fact that I moved house. Right, okay. So that was. And I don't know if anyone's ever moved house. You probably have, listeners. But it's probably one of the most traumatic things that you can do other than death. <laughs> so a nice segue in there from the death of Kurt Cobain and John yeah, Lennon into the me moving house, which I see as strangely linked in a karmic way. But now you are <laughs> moving, you're settled, and yeah. uh, these will become a lot more regular. And we've got a bit of a surprise for you at the end of the show when we'll announce our upcoming guest. But we'll leave that, yeah. we'll leave that to later in the show. Um, a couple of bits of housekeeping from social media. Um, on St. Patrick's Day, I decided to release uh, a picture of one of the greatest Irish singles of all time, which was a, a, by a band called Rudy, it was called Big Time. Which Great think, band. Which I think came out in 1980 yeah. on Good Vibrations, which was the label that was the on The Outcasts, as, um, as the Terry Hooley, wasn't it? Terry, Terry Hooley, Hooley yeah. Good Vibrations, yeah. discovered the undertones before Seymour Stein, yeah. who we'll talk about later yeah. in the pod as well, uh, went on to sign them. Great, there's a great film, I think it's called Good Vibrations. So it is a good movie. Yeah, yeah. real feel-good Sunday, yeah. Sunday evening movie. So if you haven't watched that, it's great. It features the likes of Rudy, the Moondogs, Outcasts, the Outcasts yeah. and obviously the Undertones. Yeah. And you get to see who Terry Hooley is. and He's, he's a real character yeah. in the style of a, a John Peel of Ireland. He's played by a really good actor in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, no, I can't remember the actor. He's in that. He's in that series, which is set up in the in the Arctic. I've seen him in a few things. Right. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter, does it? Yeah, yeah. But I sound like my mum. We also miss <laughs> International Women's Day, and um, you know somebody that we saw last year, Stuart, uh, who we've known and have seen since the late seventies uh, into the eighties, was Claire Brogan. From, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Images. So posted up a picture of her, and uh, the competition was who was the fashion designer that wore the boxing gloves in the photograph at Vivian Westwood's funeral. And uh, I've got to give a shout out to Robin, who was the only person that got Phil Salon. Right? Nice. Phil Salon uh, ran the Mud Club in yeah. London in the, yeah. in the 80s and was, uh, you know, highly uh, thought of as one of the alternative fashion designers mm. alongside the likes of Vivian Westwood. And uh, our good friend Pam Hogg. Oh, we saw her at the Killing Joke game. Yes, yeah. exactly. So we bumped into her at Killing Joke um, during, the, during our uh, extended oh, break. Yeah. I, didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't just moving house, I did go to some gigs. Right, yeah. so yeah, and um, so that, watch out for more competitions. And uh, yeah, well done to Robin for that one. Um, there's a a couple of things that I was doing over the last few weeks where we were moving house, and I, I found um, somebody that our listeners should follow. Yep. Because uh, I certainly start following them now. And I remember this particular character it came into my sort of radar around about the late 70s and early 80s. 
surrounding the jam and the style council and the development into the style council. And he was a radio DJ. Well, he's been on Radio London. Gary for Crowley. Years. Gary Crowley. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I follow Gary Crowley a lot on social media, and he does a once a month. Yeah. Not not that I'm advertising. There are other podcasts, yeah. but not that I'm advertising another podcast. But you know, he um, he does one once a month with Jim Lahat. Mm. I don't know if you remember who Jim Lahat was. Mm. I know the name, but I just can't place the person. And they do it from a, a barge on the um, Thames. You know the uh, little Venice. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that river yeah, that yeah. Region, runs through Regent Park. Yeah. It's got the, the barges. They do. It, I think it, they do it up there. And they said this thing last week um, in the last show: bands that should have been bigger than they were, right? Right. And uh, you know, I think it was voted by listeners, and uh, obviously some of them I just find a bit suspect. Go on then. Let's have a think. The uh, Modettes is that number one? The first one was the Modettes. No, I think they're the right size for. Yeah, I mean, but the Modet is very similar to the old pairs. Sort it, of. Is it that sort of thing? Yeah. The flies, I don't remember them. No. Love and a Molotov cocktail. Don't remember that. Um, rings a bell. And Gary Crowley, as I said, when he came first across my radar, I think he actually did a fanzine in the seventies for Weller. I mean, very Some mod. of this is mod, isn't it? And yes. just looking at this list, the Purple Hearts—they were a sort of they mod. Were, they were a mod. That was a mod drug, wasn't it? Purple yeah, yeah. Hearts. Wild Swans yeah. meant nothing to me. TV Twenty One—I've got to stick up for fellow Scots from Presswick. Um, and uh, but again, it was very mod. It was mm. very—they're going to hate me for giving this comparison, but it was a bit like the Vapors. Turning Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although I think TV Twenty One. Had an album that actually sold okay. Well, yeah, but the Vapors had a big single. Had yeah. one big single. They've done they've a career out of that single. <laughs> They're still touring. They're yeah. Still, they'll do all the, you know, sort of, uh, what would you call them, regional punk festivals yeah, yeah. that you get. You get the, the Vapors. XSLF. <laughs> XSLF. And yeah. Yeah, there's some real, from the jam. Yeah. I mean. The Lurkers. <laughs> and the Lurkers. Yeah. Obviously the Damned. Wouldn't, wouldn't be playing any of those. No, no, no. And, no, and, and I'm glad that we've again got to... Uh, I think they've set themselves aside from that. We're 11 but minutes there's, in. There's a, few, there's a few on here that I would definitely, you know, put in the list of new fans should have been on. I can look at, looking down at the list that you've written down there, and I can see Bob Marley and the Whalers. I mean, they were pretty massive. I mean, I think I they're going to have gone down in history as the biggest I, I, reggae I, I, band of all time. We, we, were talk, <laughs> we were talking about icons earlier on Kurt Cobain and John Lydon. Well, Bob Marley, I'm throwing yeah. me as one of them as well. So I don't know how that's managed to get... The members there. there with offshore banking business and stuff, they were a good band. I, I, they were all right. Well, I'm going to... Yeah, they were all right. And Orange Juice obviously were interrupted by... I mean, Edwin Collins had health issues. Yeah. No, I like that that was Latter Life. It was Orange, Rip It Up, wasn't it? Was yeah, the, yeah. It was the big single. Anyway, why are we talking about them? The Undertones is in there. And there's a reason why we want to talk about the Undertones. Okay, go on. Come on to. That but the up? other one in there, well, there's two that I'd like to give a special yeah. mention to. A band from Leeds called Girls At Our Best. Um, the band that I was in at the time, we covered one of their songs, which is called Getting Nowhere Fast. They released an album which has just actually been reissued in the last year. If you're a fan of female-fronted punk rock with melody, check out the Girls at the Best album. It's 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 a really really good yeah. album. 
and should be uh, should be check out the freshies, right? Do you know who the freshies are? No, they must have gone on to be. The freshies also had. Um, they've got a single here called Washed Up, but they also have a single which was something to do about Woolworths. Oh, um, and he, it's Frank Sidebottom. Is it with the with the big head? Yeah, the guy with the big head from Manchester. It's Frank, Frank Sidebottom's first band was the Freshies. Now, he was what was his name? Chris Chris Seavy. Chris Seavy. That's right. Well done. Yeah. Now there's a documentary about Chris yeah. Seavy. Starring uh, some. Isn't it done by Anton Corbin or there's some there's some big. Yeah, I think you're right. I yeah, think you're right. I mean, if anybody out there knows of that Chris Seavy documentary, please uh, please let us know where we can find it. Uh, but the radio stars. There's another one. They were on Chiswick in the in the late um, late seventies. But they were never going to be that big. Do you know? Do you know who was in the Freshies? Who? Billy Duffy. <laughs> no, you're joking. No. Billy Duffy. Billy Duffy was in the Freshies. All right, I'm putting it out there to the to the listeners. Email in. Is Billy Duffy was he in the Freshies? I'm no looking it up. Yeah, no looking it up. I'm going for no it. No looking it up. But. Outside of that list, was there any bands that you would have thought in, uh, you know, sort of 79, 80, that you should have been a lot bigger? Well, the Ruts, I think, could have been The Clash. Yeah, good call. That's a really good call. If there hadn't been for if the that, death of Mark Moen. If there hadn't been the unfortunate... Yeah. Uh, but I think they were brilliant songwriters and they were definitely going down that path. I think they were already started they to were, write. They were blending loads of styles and yeah. loads of influences for not just the reggae side yeah. of what they were doing. There was other things, there was yeah. dub and there was a bit of funk in there yeah. as well. So they were definitely They were open to evolution and, and they weren't just closed off to like being a sort of spitty punk band. Yeah, yeah. So I think the Ruts were really underrated and they when you look back at the sort of classic albums of the time, I think the crack is definitely one of the best punk albums certainly of the sort of first sort of years of punk you know not a year zero band but they were definitely one for me exactly. so, and i think the slits are unsung heroes of punk they never really got it together from a recording perspective and obviously did one album on ireland you know they, they didn't they did Earthbeat as well but they did the cut on on island records and then sort of meandered a little bit from a record they took too long to record and but i think they're a brilliant band and and hugely influential from, you know, you talk about female fronted punk. I mean, you couldn't get more female fronted than the slits, but um, great I band. Well, a couple I'll mention then, just going to form a theme through this. Yeah. Rosillo's and the Undertones. Yeah, yeah, well, the yeah. Rosillo's did get some recognition, but I mean, yeah, was it the Rosillo's with Motorbike Beat? Yeah, that's, that, the, yeah. That's, that came out in 1980. That's yeah. when they moved to the Rosillo's. That, was that, that wasn't great. No, but it was, um, but it got top of the pops, didn't it? Or did they do Top of the Pops on Top of the Pops? They did Top of the Pops on Top of the Pops. Yeah, all right, okay. Yeah. For those listeners who are under the age of 80, Top of the Pops <laughs> was a programme that had music on it on telly back in the day. Yeah, before, um, you, before you went to YouTube for all your music. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to mention bands that should have been bigger, the undertones and the Rosillos, but one really sticks out in my mind who epitomised that turn of 79 into 80. Buzz Cox. Well, really? I mean, they were... They weren't that big international. No, they were very English. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, 
I mean, I've just said that about the Ruts, who are also, I mean, but then the Clash kind of embraced Americana, didn't they, even though they were bored with the U.R. USA. They were bored with the USA yeah. held one, but come combat rock, they looked as though they were, yeah, they were yeah. right at home. Yeah. Right at home. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's a few that... I mean, it's tempting to say Joy Division, isn't it? But, I mean, yeah, yeah. obviously they were interrupted by all sorts of factors and New Order did become pretty massive. But, um, you know, Joy Division, had Ian Curtis lived, I think probably would have gone on to bigger and better things. I think what, what I'm trying to get out of here is bands that should have been bigger than they are. I think because... The, I think a lot of why they weren't was because music was changing so quickly and people were moving on to the next thing. And the eighties was bringing a whole new generation of oh, people. I mean, are we going to seven yeah. years of punk from seventy? I mean, punk definitely opened it all up. We talked about this before in terms of indie label, indie distribution. Yeah, you got access to the music industry, which was a pretty close shot before sort of punk came along and revolutionised it. And that's what punk needs to take credit for, which is the democratisation of music. And sadly, that seems to have sort of drifted back away from that i mean i know there is a I lot mean, more diy but yeah. do you think that um and the chart the, the, is pop the popularity of um i'll mention three bands you mentioned joy division yeah singer died brooks singer died yeah dead kennedy's singer left well only after he'd done eight albums yeah but you know yeah dead kennedy's could have been one of those seminal bands that could have gone on and still I mean, still two of them. I wouldn't want to see. Well, I'll see Jello be Alfred anyway. I'll take your point. Um, the Cramps. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cramps are an unsung band, but I think the beauty of the Cramps is they stayed they true all, to the. Yeah, they were true to what their yeah, art was. Yeah. And, you know, they, they didn't. Husker Do. Husker Du could have been a big, big band if Bob Mould hadn't, if they hadn't broken up. I mean, they were on their, I mean, they signed to Warners, didn't they? With the yeah, they were on SST originally. They were on SST and they uh, came out of that, but they, they could have been a big, big band, breakthrough band. We're, they could have been REM. Yeah, Warehouse Stories was a big, yeah. that was a big breakthrough album, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then it was, it was Grant Hart and mm. Bob Mould. Bob Mould. And Bob Mould went on and had a quite a good solo career. And I like Bob Mould, he's a good songwriter. Yeah, yeah. But Husker Do, I think, were poised to be a... a band called Sugar. That's right, Sugar. Yeah. Copper was the album. Copper Blue. Yeah, that's it. It was out in creation. Yeah. McGee, McGee signed it, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a good album. That's a really good... It was a really good single off that album. I read his biography it. recently. He's an interesting guy. I quite like him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um... So uh, 1980, we're gonna. So the plan tonight, or today rather, depending on. Oh no, I mentioned quick mention to John Robb, whose book is now out called The Art of Darkness. Yeah, the goth thing. The the, the, the story of goth, right? But uh, it should be mentioned that also in 1980, Dark Angels by Bauhaus was released. Well, I mean, there's a band, and uh, you know, I've someone I know has been working with Pete Murphy just lately, and. You know, it's quite interesting to look back at that band because they definitely came from that. I mean, that In the Flat Field album and um, Dark Entries and 4AD, yeah. wasn't it, was sort of the, 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 the bridge act between goth and punk. It I mean, was. I lived in North, they were a local band to me when I, I that, talked about this before. We, yeah, we are. But, uh, I mean, I think that, um, you know, at that time, it was being, punk was being dragged along 
in different factions. Mm. Anarcho-punk was happening, the exploited were happening, GP subs and yeah. even sludgeness of bounds and GBH yeah. and the oi thing was mm. cropping up. And uh, and a lot of people went down that Bauhaus route because of The Cure and Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. They were the ones that were like sort of elevating that dark yeah. sort of um, gothic gothic look in into a music scene mm. and you know it was a good good five six years later before the sisters really broke through so Bauhaus were well ahead of or, or well ahead of the game in terms yeah. of yeah uh, i mean they were they were playing with sort of like imagery and stuff you know quite ahead of that i mean i went to see them really early on in northampton at little gigs right and they definitely had a thing that was very much theirs you know and but anyway, you know, there's, there's a, there was a, but you're right. There was a, a, definitely a fracture of what punk kind of turned into, and it really depends on which party chose at the time. And I had a lot of friends who went down the Susie Bauhaus, you know, route. And I then did, e I equally, did yeah, and equally a lot of a lot of friends who went down a very mainstream route and ended up getting into sort of echoing the Bunny Men and, you know. <laughs> Well, it wasn't. Ah, it's crocodiles. Crocodiles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but it was the more. They became. They were like the Smiths of their day. They were a student band for me. Yeah. Long coats and jeans and. Yeah. I, Long coats fitted with the goth. I know they did, but they were just. It wasn't punk. Yeah. I mean, you know. Where did you go then? Well, I was. Because I certainly went down that route. Oh, I was the, listening the to. The long coat, the hairspray, and the makeup. Well, it was flux and crass and. Yeah stuff for me by that point we'll talk about that in a bit but um so interesting it was a, so what we're saying here is that by 1980 the year zero punk thing had morphed into a you know a variety of different channels which punk those early bands and and, and people involved in the scene had, had enabled to happen and labels like 4ad talking about Bauhaus and other acts that we've mm. talked about really had an opportunity to do what they did because the because of the sort of the pathfinder mission that punk had been on and it had forged these opportunities for people we talked about daniel miller didn't we in previous episodes yeah, yeah. with you know then and, and beg and bauhaus ended up on beggar's banquet i believe and you know these are all labels that came out of that um, i think they did later later they may have done i think the cult or as they were known as death southern death cult, southern death cult and yeah. then became death cult and then became cult. the cult yeah um they were on beggars. Mm. They were definitely on beggars. Yeah. And the cure. And the cure. The cure were on fiction. Yeah, fiction, you're right. No, I'm saying, I was yeah, just yeah. saying that the cure, you know, and fiction, you know, all these labels and bands found their their, their roots to market, to coin a marketing phrase. They were on fiction. They were British, fiction did a lot for British music at that time. Mm. Uh, the cure and pyjama were on fiction as well. Yeah, that's ended up a Polydor. Polydor, Polydor. Yeah. The fiction was bought by Polydor, wasn't oh, yeah, it? Yeah, they all ended up. Was then in Block Party and yeah, yeah. ended up there. So, um, so interesting times, and it was definitely a pivotal, pivotal sort of moment. And um, you know, uh, I, I think we finish this episode in the next sort of five or ten minutes on on nineteen eighty, and then I I think we move next time into different branches and we, yeah. we start to explore that and I'm, I'm going to say now at this point of the of, of this episode so the that first one, yeah. the first one will be next time and we're fortunate enough to have Steve Ignorant the singer from Crass joining us um, in, in a week or a week or so's time isn't mm. it you 
and, and I'm going to lead the first one and, and, and explore you know, the anarcho-punk thing with Steve um, and let's see where that takes us. And, and I think you've got a couple of things lined up, haven't you, for following that? Yes. Where we can explore other things. So where we can explore it. Maybe go down yeah. the goth route. Maybe go down yeah. that route in, in a bit more detail. Yeah. Or, or maybe go down. I think there's a there's a certain lady involved in a certain goth band that we're talking to. Let's hope that that with yeah. I think uh, anyway. I'm not going to say it now. Yes, that's exactly who I was thinking yeah. of. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would, uh, that would be great if that yeah, one comes off, because she was definitely the uh, one of the main players. Yeah. And, uh, the, uh, so so the some exciting mass, stuff anyway, without spoiling the, spoiling it now, but some exciting stuff. And then, you know, we've uh, the guest thing has taken us a little bit of time to get together, but we've certainly got a few things in the pipeline. It has. And, you know, a shout out as well, I wanted to give on three new bands that I've listened to. New bands are important, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, you know, as, as much as we bang on about what Pong did in the 70s, you know, 1980, the biggest single in 1980 was Kenny Rogers. I know, it's dreadful, isn't lady. it? Mm. So we didn't really make a difference. The, 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 what I love about new bands is they are still, there's bands out there that are still trying to make a difference, right? I think punk did make a difference. I mean, the Pistols got should have been number one. And, you know, how, I mean, the, the, it just goes to show you that the, that the, the whole... Just turn that. Um, sorry, that was my phone beeping. But um, th I mean, the pistol should have got got number one with God Save the Queen, and the ch you know this, the yeah, yeah. powers that be didn't let that happen. And so Kenny Rogers being number one doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But punk, you know, the, we just talked about Kurt Cobain, and I don't think that would have happened without without the punk thing. It's potentially yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't have been such a big sea change in the in, no. in, in, Green in, Day in, and all those in, bands. Consumption of yeah. music. I watched an interview with uh, Fat Mike yeah. from No Effects, yeah. uh, and he was like talking about the fact that you know everybody said oh, Green Day sold out. They didn't sell out. Music just caught up with them. And, yeah, and I mean they did. They did write a massive sort of load of pop songs for. It was Dookie, wasn't it? Really, that Dookie was the album that brought them through, yeah. which was nineteen eighty. And arguably, Dookie was a bigger impact on the scene than Nirvana. Then never mind. Yeah, yeah. sold more records. Mm. No, I know. So, Green but Day... It was around about that time as well. You had those bands that were coming out of the States as well, like the Pixies and the Throwing Muses, and that, that sort of loud and college, college rock band. College rock thing, yeah. you know. And, uh, well, we've seemed to have gone quite far from 1980 here. No, we? you know, because yeah. we, we touched a bit on 80 on the last one. This is just a bit of a roundup yeah. to get us to move into the, um, the genres that yeah. we'll be covering in. This all started because I wanted to mention three new bands. Right? Okay, yeah, right? yeah so fair enough. The yeah. first band I I discovered I discovered myself, and just from uh, various other people talking about them. Uh, they're from Brighton. They're called Public Body. Very much fit in the sort of heavy lungs idols camp. Great. Uh, it's quite shouty. It's quite punk rock. Yeah, like that. Really like it. The other one, uh, an American band um, who I discovered. Again, I think it was from Line of Best Fit or, you know, Loud and Quiet, tipped me off on. And one of the best names of a band I've heard for, for years called Purling Hiss. Right? Nice. You know, which a lot of bands will have had yeah. that name, yeah. you know, you know, thrown at them in the past, I'm sure. But when I went in to listen to it, it reminded me of early Husker Du. 
Nice. Was oh, really a metal circus yeah, yeah. era. Early Amstel Doom is a bit of Dinosaur Junior. Oh, right, nice. So, you know, with, with but real melodies and yeah. songs, real uh, screechy guitars, so probably this, check that one out. And um, a shout out to Dino, who tipped me off in a band from down by the southwest, I think, in England, called Dips. D oh, yeah, yeah, good yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's from Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Dino, yeah. yeah. He, he, he sent me that and, you know, Tip me off on them, so yeah, I've been listening a lot to Dean. Dean sent me a message that he went to see the Subhumans. Did, did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he invited us down. Yeah. But it was, I think it was in Worcester. It was in Worcester. I, mean, I, I don't know where Worcester is. That's what just made a sauce. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's up when he lives near Cheltenham, doesn't he? So right. it's, it's up that sort of way. And um, the pictures that he sent through look really good. So, anyway, f thanks for that, Dean. Yeah, yeah, thanks yeah. for that. Appreciate that. And the other thing I noticed this, that this. Uh, this week, the return of the Vans Warped Tour in yeah, America. Yeah, yeah. Right, for the younger listeners will probably know more about yeah. the Vans Warped Tour than the uh, I've been on the Vans Warped Tour a couple of times. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was going to ask you, what, what, yeah. what was it like? What was the story behind the Vans Warped Well, there's Warped the Vans Warped Tour was started by Kevin Lyman in, in the US, and it was um, largely a lot of Epitaph bands right. with, with Bad Religion and Brett Gerwitz. And it was a tour obviously sponsored by Vans. And it was skatey punk bands who went out and did American versions of festivals, largely in car parks and strange places. It was very DIY. There was no main headliner, although big bands played. The bill sort of rotated. You didn't really know. There was a number of stages. There was a skate ramp. All the bands right. had kind of the American merchandise things with the little and was it, was it Green Day? And Green Day, Bad Religion, yeah, right. Rancid, NoFX, Lagwagon, Offspring. All those bands played it. I tour managed a bunch of bands in Europe and in the US on the Warp Tour a couple of times back in the day. And see, when it came up on my feed, I was like, you know. It played it, it went into Reading Festival. It was a stage at Reading. It was. And then they tried, then they, they then tried they to do it as a sta stage. The lock up stage. That's right. And, they, and the Vans Warp Tour went off into Europe. But then yeah. they tried to do it as a standalone, I think at Ali Pali. Right. I think that band, The Lost Prophets, headlined it. Don't we're, we're not talking about them. About them. But, um, but yeah, if it comes back, it'll be interesting to see the format. I mean, well, that was why I thought I'd, I thought I'd bring it up because I knew you'd been on it and I knew you'd, you'd had some mm. bands to it, and you just told me the essence of what it yeah. was, right? Um, and a lot of those bands we we've both seen yeah. over the years. I have no reason to go this year. No, the, uh, uh, who were the bigger? Who's on it? My Chemical Romance. Is that in the US? Yes. Right. Bring me the horizon. Right. Fallout Boy. Well, yeah. Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. Blink 182. Yeah. No real surprises. Paramore. Yeah. A Day to Remember. Most of these bands have done it before. Yeah. Young Blood. Oh, okay. So at least they're pushing something that's a bit, uh, a bit new. It was one of the most successful sort of multi band touring entities in, in American live music history, the Warp Tour. And, the, and I have to say, Kevin Lyman is a really nice guy. Right. I, I, I've worked with him on a couple of things, and he's a really, really nice guy. So whatever you think about the Warp Tour, Kevin's a good good. Yeah, chap. I mean, I've got to say, there was, a, there was a festival in Vegas about a year ago called When We Were Young. Oh, yeah. Which I, th I think the first day got blown away. There was some yeah. sort of storm, right? It all seems to be same all the same bands mm. are on this that were on that and 
It's as though they've, they've tapped into a generation in America that want to try and relive their youth. A bit like, you know, they would probably never do Woodstock again after what happened the last time. The great documentary on Woodstock, on, I think it's on Amazon. That, right? Yeah, on the, the, yeah. the, the, the Limp Biscuit. The Limp no, Biscuit yeah. Day and all that, right? And the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the, the burning of the festival site. But, uh, you know, I just feel as though. And, that, and this is why I buy one of the new bands. It's why I buy one of the yeah. new bands because you know I'm looking at this, and that I'm a fan of music, and I mean there's nothing on there. Really. Yeah, but there's a whole generation. We're jaded old blokes. No, there's a whole generation. Bands, but we're not. We're not sure. There's bands. You know, we go and see bands. All, we're going to go and see. But the whole point about the Warp Tour was it was an an, an opportunity because bands were breaking out of that tour. I remember. Right. Same with the Ozfest to a certain extent. I mean. In yeah, the, yeah. the metal world, but bands were breaking out of being on tour on 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 the Warp Tour. It was an opportunity for smaller bands to play alongside bigger bands to a big audience, and you know, and do all the things there you do around. There doesn't seem to be that many smaller bands on here. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm. Really but talk. Let's let's get back to talking about new bands rather than so, yeah, uh, old yeah, tour. Yeah, where are we going to see this one? I went to see that band. Oh, you came with me. We went to see Grade Two from the Isle of Wight. Oh yeah, great tour. Yeah, amazing. talking of this, talking of the Warp Tour, because yeah. there's a connection with them, because they're on Hellcat, which is... Well, they should be on this. They should be, yeah, but they're, they're on, that's Tim Armstrong's label, and they're a great band. Yeah, yeah, great too. Yeah. Great too, I mean, I really recommend them, really good. Have a really good call, times that yeah, back yeah. in, right, you know, I mean, we're going to see Benefits in Meadow Street yeah. this month at the, yeah. the 100 Club, which we're really looking forward to, and... Uh, you know, you got any comments or any festivals that you're going to over the summer that you think have got a particularly good lineup, or you know, it, it just my frustration was like, you know, I have to say that half a dozen of these new bands that we talk about each week onto these bills. Or would you have? Would you have Sleaford Mods on that? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I think their new album's good. Yeah, yeah. There, that's. That's why I was surprised yeah. when I saw Youngblood when I was reading yeah. down there. And I thought, oh, well done. Yeah. I mean, Youngblood is crossing over. Yeah. Right. But uh, it's still, a, you know, it's still, you know, trying something that's got an element of punk to it as well. Well, I think that I think these are good things, and I think you know this is an interesting episode to come back after a bit of a break. We've got Easter, and then or the whatever it is, holidays, and then Steve's on, and it'd be really interesting to talk to Steve because, of course, he's gone on from Crass with Slice of Life and the other bands that he's been in. I know he's done some stuff with Jason and Sleaford Mod, so it'd be really interesting to ask him what he thinks about how music's developed and you know the influence that crass has had and you know and, and some of the things we've talked about tonight so is there anything else do you want to finish well, on you know what i wanted to talk about and i've touched on quite a bit through you know certain bands the undertones the rosellos yeah. we've always talked about the ramones yeah you know and as a bit of a tribute uh, just at the end here i'd like to you know sort of you know a bit of a montage uh, in re in respect to uh to Seymour Stein and um, yeah, and you know the uh, from who started Sire Records. Who started Sire Records, right? Yeah. And um, basically uh, signed some amazing bands. Well, he signed the Ramones. I mean, you, he you signed, pretty he much said, retire after that, can't you? He signed the Ramones. He signed Richard Hell and the Voidoids. He signed the Replacements. Talking Heads. He signed the Talking Heads. He signed Echo and the Bunnymen for the US. He signed the Cure for the US. He signed um, the Rosillos, the Undertones, uh, the Smiths for the US, um, the Cult for the US. 
I mean, there are a hell of a lot of uh, great it's like Madonna, didn't British bands. Yeah. Don't hold that against him. Should not hold that against him at all, right? You know, Madonna had a, has a great singles album in it. Right. But she should know when to, to stop. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna, we're gonna leave you with a a, a little a little montage in respect to Seymour Stein, and there's no better record than we can start with than than this. Well, are we signing off then? So see everybody so, next time. And we'll see you next time. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Good to be back. We got to double figures, Stuart. Yeah. Uh, good night. Good yeah, night. have a good one, everybody. Good and see you next time with, with our mate, Steve. Yeah.